0: Welcome to another episode of the OASBO podcast. I'm here today with Barbara Shaner, OASBO Advocacy Specialist. Welcome, Barbara. Thanks, Callie, it's great to be here. And today we're gonna to touch on a couple of topics. Uh, first, I wanna start with a recent Auditor State guidance. Uh, since the Auditor State put out a guidance on crowdfunding in July, there has been some schools worried about the use of crowdfunding. Can you speak to the purpose of the AOS guidance and some pros and cons about the use of crowdfunding?
1: Sure, Callie. Um, Just to kind of give some background on this topic, we have an an Auditor of State Advisory Committee that meets relatively often throughout the year with staff from the Auditor's Office. Um, And so we've had, I think going back as early as 2015, we've had people uh, asking at these meetings if the auditor had any guidance for school districts um, for the use of crowdfunding within the district and um, so there's been conversations over time about this and there really aren't any uh, laws that govern this or that either prohibit or uh, give guidance so the auditor then this year put out in July some guidance that you should have all seen a copy of Um, that just kind of basically said to protect the district if you're going to use crowdfunding as a method of fundraising here are some things that you should consider and so um, you know we have had word that there are some districts that maybe are just choosing not to use them at all but I think if we step back and think about why the guidance was provided uh, I think we can look at different situations where we've seen maybe Employees in the district um, may have been doing crowdfunding and not um, letting anyone know about it, or at least the administration was unaware, and so whenever they um, do a fundraising activity that is going to um, maybe benefit their classroom or some uh, part of the district, it really does uh, reflect on the district itself, and so I think what the auditor was trying to say is that if you're going to permit it in your district, you really need to have um, some parameters around which they can operate, and there are some really good companies out there that assist schools with doing uh, crowdfunding um, activity, and, and it can be a really effective way to raise funds where they're needed. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure that nothing's going to happen that's going to reflect poorly on the district or that could get the district in some kind of trouble in the future. So the guidance is pretty basic. It just says that, you know, you should probably consider having a, a board policy and then um, it, got, it kind of gives you some ideas about what should go in that policy. And it's just really kind of common sense that, The district would have a handle on this Um, there's nothing wrong with choosing not to use a crowdfunding tool but uh, if you handle it well uh, it could probably go well and really benefit the district
0: great thank you and uh, next we've had some inquiries about effective date for House Bill 87 and it's changed to the deadline for submission of the school district five-year forecast. What is the new deadline and when does the deadline change?
1: Well, that's a very good question. House Bill 87 had a number of amendments inserted into it at the kind of at the 11th hour before it passed in June. And we always tell people that bills become effective 90 days after the governor signs. Well, for some reason, uh, the governor did not sign several bills that were related to education until August 3rd, which puts the deadline for House Bill 87 at November 2nd, 2018, which obviously is past the deadline um, that had been in place by rule uh, established by the Department of Education, which is October 31st. So for this year, October 31st is still the deadline for filing a five-year forecast. Um, So that means that the rules will have to be written or changed uh, by ODE before next year, and so in 2019 the deadline will be November Uh, 30th and districts can submit them sooner than that it's just that the uh, law now says that ODE or the state board cannot set the deadline any earlier than November 30th and I think we had some legislators who wanted to make sure that districts if they wanted to make sure that the results of a levy could be incorporated in that final submission that having the deadline at November 30th would help them, um, but that doesn't mean you have to wait until that late date.
0: And next, can you update us on the status of House Bill 705, the Treasury Liability laws, and the next step for members?
1: Sure, Um, 705 is a bill that we were pleased to see introduced right before the legislature um, recessed basically for the summer. And it really came at the request of OASBO and some members that had talked with State Representative uh, Hambly up in the Medina County area. Um, That bill is still pending and it has until the end of this calendar year to get passed. Uh, Because, as you all know, at the end of the two-year General Assembly, all the bills that did not go anywhere sort of die, and then we have to start from scratch. So we're hopeful that if our members really uh, beef up efforts to talk to their own legislators, uh, there's some chance that we could get the provisions, or at least some of the provisions, from House Bill 705 inserted into a bill that's moving during the lame duck session, which starts uh, right after the November election. Uh, we did provide some next steps and some talking points for members in, uh, I think it was the August 2nd version of our advocacy e-news. And so I think Callie is going to provide a link to that information again uh, in this Uh, this advocacy e-news and just I think it's important that you're reaching out to your to your legislators and informing them. I know I attended a meeting up in northwest Ohio last week where members got together and there were actually three legislators in the room and they were very um, sympathetic I think to what treasurers are facing in terms of the personal financial risk uh, that they fall under. So It never hurts to make sure people know about it because when House Bill 705 is discussed in the caucus meetings that are kind of behind closed doors at the State House, uh, it it will be uh, more positive if more people know about it and more people can speak to it. Uh, In addition to talking to House members, though, we need to have people talking to the Senate because the Senate... um, really hasn't taken up much of a discussion about it. We did have Senator Lehner that was willing to sponsor an amendment that didn't actually get into a bill uh, in June, but um, it's there's limited discussion about it over there. So we suggest that you talk to both House and Senate members, but that's where we are with it.
0: And so on that note, for those who have maybe never been involved in uh, advocacy or talking to their legislators or testifying for a bill, uh, we have something coming up that might be of interest to them. We're going to be holding the second legislative advocacy training at OSBA's capital Conference. Um, so what can people expect from the training and why should they come?
1: Well, Callie, this, like you said, is our second time to offer this training. But last year when we offered it, it was limited to um, the members of the OASBO Legislative and Education Finance Committees. This year we're opening it up to the full membership. Uh, the training is uh, very uh, informative. If you Everything from learning how to read a bill and how to look at it and figure out you know, does this have a have a chance of going anywhere to um, how do I testify in front of a legislative committee? Uh, we have Mike Sobel, who is the treasurer for the Granville City Schools, um, who has some experience in teaching a high school um, government class about advocacy. And so he's taking that curriculum that he used with them and he's adapting it to Uh, fit the needs of the OASBO community. So he'll be there to kind of share his experiences. Uh, He and I will talk about the uh, things that that work at the statehouse and how they work. Uh, We'll have a legislator there who will talk about how to best communicate with your own legislators. We'll see a video of an OASBO member actually providing testimony, and we'll talk about A a little bit more detail about how to write testimony and then present it so it's a really an exciting time unfortunately we'll have a limited number of spaces available so we will have a registration process even though the event is free of charge it is during the Capitol Conference and So if you're already there, that's great. Um, But it's the morning of November 13th, and you'll see information about registration here soon. So uh, we encourage everybody to consider attending that.
0: And lastly, uh, we want to talk about um, OASBO, BASA, and OSBA, asked Dr. Howard Fleeter, consultant for Ohio Education Policy, Policy Institute to conduct an analysis about how Ohio's school funding system has fared since the landmark DeRolph Supreme Court case in 1997. Where can we find his findings?
1: Well, Callie, that, um, that report has been um, in the media and you've probably seen some stories about it. Uh, it has received some press on a statewide basis. Um, The Ohio Education Policy Institute has a website, and so that report can be found there. Um, I don't know that any of us really thought that Dr. Fleeter's findings were um, surprising, but uh, I think it's a very interesting read if folks want to go on there and uh, look at it. Um, We think that it's a timely piece because we're going to have a new governor next year and um, a new legislative assembly so um, it's it's good information and folks should use it uh, in in their discussions with legislators I think the two top general um, findings of the of the report were that the legislature really hasn't kept up with inflation in terms of their funding of schools and then the second piece is uh, those districts that we think were most targeted by Doralph and that would be the lower wealth districts Uh, there hasn't been uh, enough effort to bring them up to where they the gap between uh, what they can provide their students and maybe some other districts can provide has not uh, been narrowed and so um, there's two important things that i think everybody can utilize in their discussions about the next budget and so we're excited about the report
0: and uh, that website is oepi.org we'll also be including a link in the advocacy e-news and in the post with this podcast Um, And thank you for joining us today, Barbara, uh, and giving us all these updates. For anyone who wants to keep up on all of OASBO's advocacy efforts, you can do so by going to the OASBO website, and in the top navigation, go to the About section and click on Newsworthy. And then in Newsworthy, you're going to sort the news type to Advocacy E-News, and you'll get all the latest on our advocacy efforts.